0: here. I'm going to move this over here real quick. Um, great job, Danny. That's awesome. I love that story. And um, I think that's an amazing picture, right? When you think of yourself as I used to be dead, but now I'm alive. You know what I mean? Turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 4. We saw what it looks like. To be a man who was dead, a man who couldn't be helped by anyone but Christ. And then Jesus comes on the scene, changes everything, calls you out of the tomb, calls you out of that stinky, dark, smelly place, Mm -hmm. and changes everything gives you life. And now we're going to see, okay, well, what now, right? Mm. Dane did a great job challenging us to share our faith, right? If you were given something special, wouldn't you want to share it? No. If you were given something that just, you know, would impact somebody's life, wouldn't you want to share it? There was a famous atheist, uh, he's famous and he's also an atheist, but he said, like, I respect people who have faith and share it. Even though I don't believe in God, because he's like, if you don't, if you think eternity is a real thing and you don't share your faith, how messed up are you? You know what I mean? It's kind of an interesting point. But here in Daniel chapter 4, we're going to see something awesome. My title of the lesson today is The King and His Army. Wow. Here in Daniel chapter four, we see Nebuchadnezzar. Now Nebuchadnezzar is this great king who has basically conquered the world. And he has had this dream that has terrified him. And he has called all his sorcerers and his magicians and his guys, and he's like astrologers, and he's like, guys, you guys gotta help me. And they're like, bro, we don't know what, what to tell you. like beats the heck out of us and so they call Daniel he calls Daniel he's like Daniel I know that the spirit of God is in you tell me the point of my dream tell me what it means because I'm freaked out right now what the dream is what you'll see in Daniel 4 is that he sees this great big tree it's huge it's so big everybody in, in the world can see there's room for the birds and there's room for the animals under it and and it's this great prosperous tree that has a lot of fruit. And then he sees this holy one from heaven come down and cut it down. He cuts it off. He completely chops this tree down and binds it with iron and bronze. And then he sees that the one that he, he, he tells him that he's going to be turned into an animal, that his mind is going to go from being that of a man to that of an animal for seven years. And so he's completely confused, and he's like, what does this dream mean? He comes to Daniel. Daniel takes this dream, knows what it means, and starts stressing out. And the king looks at him, and he's like, don't be stressed out. It's okay. What's wrong? And Daniel's like, dude, if this was for your enemies, it'd be okay, but this is about you. He's like, you're this great tree, and God, because of your pride, because you think that, that you're the almighty one, he's going to cut you down turn you into an animal for seven years. You're going to be out in the fields. You're going to be eating grass. You're going to be completely humbled until you acknowledge it. And that's where we pick it up in verse 24. It says, in chapter 4, verse 24, it says, This is the interpretation, O King, and this is the decree of the Most High has issued against my Lord, the King. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of a tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. Turn with me in your Bible, Luke chapter 12. We're going to see something incredible here. What did God say? To, what did Daniel say to this king? He said, he said, King, do God is going to wreck you. Get ready for it. It's going to be seven long years. And what's he going to teach you? He's going to teach you that you need to be humble and that this kingdom is not your own. Right. Listen, everybody in this room, you're like the king and queen of your own kingdom. Do you know that? You're kind of like the one that runs your own show. On, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? What God tells this guy is he's like, listen, I'm the one that runs these kingdoms. Right. And until you acknowledge that, I'm going to humble you until you do. Wow. How prideful you got to be where it takes seven years before you admit it. Wow. Some of us are that prideful. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a lot of years, man. I, I had to get two DUIs, a lot of traffic, like I was running from the cops, a lot of drugs, years in treatment programs, like... I, it took a lot of years for us. So I even did the whole religious thing for a couple years. For like three or four years, I was like cleaned up, you know. And, but I still wasn't acknowledging that he was the king. Yeah. You know what Come I mean? Jesse. And so if you're in that place where it's taking you some years to humble out, just just repent, you know what I mean? Just, on, just humble out. But here's the amazing thing in Luke chapter 12. On, on, Here what we see is something beautiful. In verse 31, it says, <coughs> But seek his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. How amazing is that? You think about that. It it was pleasing to God to give us his kingdom. That blows my mind. When he's talking to Nebuchadnezzar and he's like, I run this place, I give the kingdom to whoever I please. And then you see here, Jesus is looking at his guys. He's like, God was pleased to give you his people. He's fired up. You're a little flock. You're not a mighty herd. He is going to give you his kingdom, his people, this precious, precious gift. And what are we supposed to do? Look in verse 33. It says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes and no moth destroys for where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. It's this change. You see that you've been given something amazing. And that's my first point for you guys. The gift of a king. Imagine if you met a king. I don't know if anybody, has anybody here ever met a king? Like an actual king who runs kingdoms? Anybody in here? I, I haven't either. Uh, they exist. They're real things. I mean, you can go to the other side of the world and you'll still see kings and queens. Where they have all authority. And they're just like... Off with his hand, you know? But imagine if he'd given you a gift, right? Imagine if he said, you know, this has been passed to me from my father, whose father gave it to him, and whose father gave it to him, and, and he hands it to you. And he says, this is precious to me and my whole family. I've held on to it. I know you're not a part of the family line, but I'm trusting you with it. And I'm expecting you to go give it to someone else. Come on, I, I think that you'd take that and, and you'd just be... Wow, this is incredible. I, I man, I, it's an honor. You know, how, me? You know what I mean? Like, you'd be humbled by that. And what God says is, He says, Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Do you see how precious the kingdom of God really is? Yeah. It's not, it's not just a, a fancy word, it's not just this like idea, it's something beautiful. God has literally put people in our lives that lead us, that teach us his word because of how much he loves us. He washes us with his word. And he says, man, I was pleased to give you the kingdom. I was pleased to give you my people. And that's the whole point that Danny was getting at. He's like, listen, you've been called out of the grave. You've been called out of the darkness you were in. And now he's giving you something special. He's giving you his people. People who are also alive. People who can also feel. Yeah. I remember those times being numb. No. I'm gonna get to that here in a minute. But what what is our purpose now that we've been called out? What does he tell him? He says, "Sell your possessions and give it to the poor." Yeah. In Matthew five three, it says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God." Right? What does Nebuchadnezzar get told from Daniel? He's like, "Dude, if, if maybe if you just repent and give to the poor and change your heart, change your attitude, God won't do this to you." Right? That's what he asks all of us to do. Yes. Like dude, just stop being prideful, man. Go help somebody who needs help. Right. Right? Stop going through the routine. Stop acting like life's okay. Stop just going to work and coming home and going to work and coming home and going to work. You know, maybe you give a little money to the guy on the side of the street. No, like care for him. Actually care, like you're a human. Who reached out to you? Where would you be if somebody hadn't? I know where I'd be, I'd be in jail. There's no question I'd be in jail if somebody didn't have the guts to reach out to me. Which brings me to point number two, the task of a king. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Go back. I think one of the deepest desires in my heart, and I think that it's in each one of your hearts, is that we have a purpose. You know what I mean? That we actually have a purpose. That life isn't meaningless. It's, it's one of my deepest pains is that life doesn't have value to it. Can I be real with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Can I be vulnerable One of my deepest sorrows, I'm I'm reading a book right now. It's called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And it's from a man who uh, survived a concentration camp. And what he noticed is that the people that didn't make it were the people who died first mentally. They gave up mentally. They weren't, wasn't very far behind before they gave up physically. And he says, I've written this book to show people that when I was in a hole, the worst hell you can imagine, I found a meaning to life. That life actually has purpose. I wanted to bring it to the people in the world to show them that there is a purpose. To, to those who are prone to being just uh, hopeless. And it really inspires me, because I can find myself in that place. Here's a man in a hole, saying that there's a meaning to life. Whereas, when we find ourselves in a hole, asking, is there really a meaning? I have a person that's prone to that. I don't know if you can relate to that. I hope I can, I hope it does. But what does God do? I turn to the wrong book. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, it says in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen? Amen. He's new. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through now imagine that, the task of a king. The king gives you this gift, and then he says, I want you to go give this gift. Now I do not want you to give this gift, I want you to represent me. I want you to have the same authority that I have. That when I say go, you go. Now, I'm giving you that same authority. Go to the people and give them what I'm giving you. It's the same thing here. The old is gone, the new has come. God has brought you to himself, and then he gave you the same message. I think that that's just my body. That I literally, God literally lives inside of me and has given me a purpose. What is that purpose? That purpose is none greater than to represent Him. An ambassador represents where they come from. You know what I mean? If you go across the country as an American ambassador, you're representing the entire country of America, right? That's an amazing, name. and so you're literally representing God everywhere you go, every person you talk to, every place that you find yourself at. You're representing God. Yeah. Like, hey, what's your name? Hi, my name's Jesse. Do you know God? <laughs> Do you want to come to church? Have you ever read the Bible? How's it going? I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago, and he was an amazing UW student, and he's telling me all those things about his life, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm doing the best I can, and life's great. I looked at him, I said, is it really? And he just, he answered, but his body said something else. You know, you know how that is. It's like, dude, I'm doing the best I can. How can I fill that hole like Russell was talking about? You know, how, how can I, how can that numbness, that, that hollow void, like how can I get away from that? And here's the amazing thing. This is what God has said to each one of us in Luke chapter 4. Don't turn there. Just, just listen. Verse 18, it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor.
1: Are you guys with me here today? Yeah. Yeah. This is an amazing
0: thing. God said to you, listen, I, I'm, I'm giving you my spirit to open people's eyes. Right. Do you remember when you used to be blind? Amen. <laughs> All these things are happening around you, but you can't really see it. Yeah. You used to be deaf, all these things are being told to you, but you couldn't really understand it, right? It didn't really impact your life. It's a reality. And when you have the spirit of the Word on you, you now have a purpose, and that purpose is to go preach to a world that is deaf, that is blind, that is mute. A lot of people have been mean <coughs> and they can't talk about it. People have alcoholism problems, people have been molested when they were young, people have been abused by parents who are alcoholics. People have done all sorts of things, and they can't talk about it. They're all bound up. They're mute. Right. I was just at the store for Valentine's. Uh, Amen, brothers. I hope you. I uh, hope were there too. Uh, and uh, it was crazy because uh, the woman behind the counter, who was preparing the flowers, uh, she had, she she gave me a pen and paper right away. And I'm just trying to tell her, like, hey, what kind of options do you have? I'm looking for some balloons and stuff. And she just handed me this pen and paper, and she's like. I can't hear I need you to write for me. Okay, we can do that. And so for the next 15 minutes was this exchange back and forth. Now I would have been completely okay with just writing and her writing back. But something interesting I noticed is that she's developed this, this really deep sense of anxiety. That she so desperately wants to communicate with people. And she's so insecure that she's not connected. She's so insecure that she wants to help, but she doesn't feel like she's adequate enough. And I would have been patient and just let her write it out. But for her, you can just tell her whole life has, has developed this, this insecurity, and it's just created such stress around her. She lives her life in a way that's just super stressful. She's desperately trying to like <laughs> talk out loud and point and try to. And I'm like, I'm like pointing at the paper. I'm like, you told me to write, just right. And I'm like feeling myself getting anxious and stressed out just at how anxious she was. You ever been like that? Been around somebody that stresses you mm-hmm. out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just standing next to them be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk, you know? But that was this woman's life. The reality was that. She couldn't hear So many people are in the dark, they're in the grave. They're wrapped in these grave clothes and they are in that place. They're filled with anxiety, they wanna talk, they wanna get this weight off their shoulders. There's these deep, dark things that they've done in their life. And they wanna communicate, but they can't. They wanna share and be helpful, but they can't. They wanna see, but they can't. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Guys, listen, another person's not gonna make you happy. I've been dating for 10 months now. Let me tell you some amazing things about dating. You don't expose your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to learn some stuff about yourself. And God is going to show you what you need to change about you, not the other person. <coughs> they need to change too, but he's going to show you yourself. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is that he changes you so that you can change <coughs> other people. My final my final and to close here is in Zechariah chapter 9. So, so if God has called us out, he's given us his spirit to preach to the poor, and he's given us, he's pleased to give us his kingdom. As a little flock. Let's see what happens in Zechariah chapter 9. <coughs> I still hear some pages turn. I'll give you guys some time. It's one of the minor prophets, one of the little guys. Although I, I don't think I should, I, Zechariah should be like, he's a beast. Read it. It's an amazing book. In verse 14, chapter 9, verse 14, it says, Then the Lord will appear over them. His arrow will flash like lightning. The sovereign Lord will sound the trumpet. He will march in the storms of the south, and the Lord Almighty will shield them. Amen? You ever like, take confidence in that? God is going to shield you, right? Right? They will destroy and overcome with sling stones. They will drink in wars with wine. They will be full like a bowl used for sprinkling the corners of the altar. The Lord their God will save them on that day as the flock of his people. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. How attractive and beautiful they will be. How attractive and beautiful they will be. I I didn't Lisa do such a great job. She's like, she's like, man, I've come to church freaking out about what I look like. And what she realized is that it was God that makes her beautiful. Amen. That God is the one that shields her and makes her attractive, makes her beautiful, makes her sparkle. I can't tell you that when a person comes out of the grave, takes the grave clothes off, they get a little bit more attractive, you know what I mean? There's something about them, like, wow, you just glow, you shine, you're beautiful, you know? And you see people in the world and you're just like, you're like, wow, you're so put together, but your eyes are just like nothing's there. Yeah. You've got it all, except you don't. Listen, that's your task. Do you see who that is? got to help that person. That's what God has given you. He's given you that purpose, that, that exact purpose. Take that person and give them life. Call him out of the grave! Mm -hmm. Give him life! That should be everybody's role. You just own it. You just say, okay, I'm not embarrassed, I'm not ashamed, God is my shield, he's gonna lead the charge, and every person I meet, I wanna look him in the eyes and say, hi. (laughs) Hi. I know what it means to be in the dark. I know what it means to be numb. I know what it means to try to fill it with drugs and alcohol and and girlfriends and, and just the world. Do you have an hour? Let's talk. Tell me your story. I'll tell you mine. And let me tell you what God has done for me. This is my challenge for you. This is the year of boldness. Amen? Amen. In the year of boldness, you've got to realize that it's not you that's bold, but that it's God's spirit that makes you bold. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that he's given you a gift. And you take that gift from a king and you realize, wow, I can't waste this watching TV. I can't waste this. Feeling insecure, I need to just realize that he's made me sparkle. He's made me attractive to a world that is lost. And that has given me a purpose. That's given me a purpose. And it's to give that gift from the most high God to the person that's dead in the grave, to call him out and say, be alive, come out of the grave, and to God be all the glory.